And hey, welcome to the podcast once again. It's Mr. Young. And Jackie, and hope you're staying safe and healthy and chirpy. As always, we appreciate the company. And this week, man, we definitely appreciated the time that she spent with us. I mean, she has had quite the amazing career in terms of stage acting, TV acting, and then film acting. We're talking about Tan Ting Hua. And the thing is, her career is still going strong. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Not only is she a veteran, but she's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So uh, we're talking about someone who started out, like I mentioned, as a stage actor, right? Then she was part of the first English language TV show in Singapore, Masters of the Sea. And then her most iconic role, 11 years as Margaret from PCK. Oh, uh, she certainly shared a lot of memories about that role. And then after that, of course, various roles. Plus, Netflix. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, she was in Crazy Rich Asians. And now she's doing the thing in Hollywood, showing up in episodes of Medical Police, Grey's Anatomy. She now has a recurring role in the reboot of Kung Fu. That's right. The woman is not slowing down and we're so happy because she has a lot to offer. And I can't say enough good things about this woman. Wow, you don't have to say any more. Let's talk to her (laughs) right now. Here she is. It's Tan King Hua. For the love of life. Oh my gosh, so it sounds like you're doing a lot of traveling and moving around, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and when? Um, yeah. This has been going on for the last like two years. If I right. told you an average of the amount of flights I took in oh. 2000 and <laughs> let's see, now it's 2000, let's, 2019, I think I must have taken more than. 70 over flights. Wow. Seven zero. Where do you find the energy to fly so much? <laughs> um, I have this amazing talent. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have this amazing talent. I I I fly very easily. I have an I have a whole system. I travel very light. Mm. Um I sleep very well on the flight. I have my own way of handling jet lag. <laughs> And my mind is very peaceful, you know, when I'm traveling. And so Uh I think that makes it really easy. And I think the purpose of my traveling Mm. also helps. Right. You know know why I'm traveling. And so that always makes it easy for you to get on a plane because you know why you're taking this trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, What is your, if there's one thing you could advise people to do as it relates to not feeling the jet lag, what is it for you? No, it's just the opposite. Except that you're going to have jet lag. And if you can't sleep, just wake up, watch Netflix, (laughs) make yourself a hot drink, Mm. go downstairs, just relax and just let your natural timing just, you know, kick in. That's always what I do and it always helps. So sometimes um, for about a week, I'll just wake up at 4 a.m. Mm. It doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, if you time yourself well, you wake up at 4 a.m. When I'm in L.A., it's the perfect time for me to pick up my phone and I'll <laughs> WhatsApp all my Singapore yes. loves and I'll have a really good chat with them. <laughs> then at 6 o'clock, you know, I'll start getting sleepy and tired and then right. I'll just go to sleep and then I'll wake up maybe about 9, 10 and get on with the day. Mm. And then maybe, you know, then the next time you wake up, it's five. And then the next time you wake up, it's six. And right. I'm such an early waker. Six o'clock, no problem. Uh. <laughs> if you can't beat the jet lag, join it. Yeah, just <laughs> embrace it, right? 
Why, why spend the energy, you know, thinking about it? And, you know, speaking of the energy and putting yourself in a good place, how, how do you do that? As someone who, you know, travels so much, obviously you're in a lot of high-pressure situations as well. How do you put yourself in that positive energy space? You know, it's really funny, but when it comes to work, I don't feel that it's high pressure at all. In oh. fact, I just feel like a lot of times one of the biggest privileges of making money from the thing that you enjoy very, very much is that every single day I can't wait to go back to work. Right, and, right. you know, like right now, um, packing up here in Los Angeles and moving out of Santa Monica, I just think about why I'm moving and it's got... Mm do with this great job um and it's exciting it's <laughs> new you know i'm so thankful most of the time you know mm. that yeah i i mean when something is really happening mm. and it is actually giving me anxiety then mm. i'll deal with the anxiety mm. okay. but i am the sort of character that if there is nothing really giving me anxiety at the moment Mm -hmm. then what is the use of thinking about the anxiety? I might as well just think about the fun things. Right. So <laughs> I've appointed a realtor in Vancouver uh, and we've been going through these virtual tours of mm -hmm. new apartments that I have to, you know, get there. So yeah. it's all so great, guys. It's so great. Honestly. I love how you, you're loving this process and mm. you've just got a huge smile on your face. It's so nice to see somebody who's actually... Uh, genuinely joyful about this. I think that it does help that I enjoy moving mm. or work. Right. You know? ah, right. Okay. I'm not the sort of person at all who would just go, oh, I'm sick of living in Singapore. I mm. think I feel like living in Sweden or what. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> right. I'm not. You know, when it comes to the work, the mm. work opens up the doors. And yes. usually, I would say one of the privileges of being, you know, 57 and having worked for such a long time, mm -hmm. you do sometimes get the privilege of choosing the jobs and the teams that you want to be with. And mm. that really makes a difference when you kind of know already that this job, this team, or this, you know, production um, is going to be something that you really want and then right. you go for it and then when you really do get it and then you know you feel like okay you know i want this it's a right. mutual want mm. you know as opposed to when you're young you know right. i know you guys are very young sometimes you have to keep taking on some jobs mm. just to make ends meet or just you know to prove yourself or yeah. to uh to add on to your resume or something like that but when you get to my age, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't really have to, well, think about that as much, you know. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that experience too, like, you know, that long career that you've had in yeah. theatre, in acting. Yeah. I mean, if you could go back and tell you know, yourself, small uh, King Hua, yeah, um, <laughs> tell, tell her something, like, would you or has this journey, learning journey been so valuable to you? Um, I think that the thing that I would tell a very young Kenghua who, let's say, hasn't started yet, mm. 
Um, it's exactly what I tell myself right now, okay. which is to follow your joy. Mm. Okay, that's very important. But to put your back, you know, to it. Mm. So work hard. And I have pretty old-fashioned uh, values when it comes to work. Very okay. simple, old-fashioned values. And it has worked for me from the first day that I ever got any job, whether or not it's the corporate job that I had. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but I spent many, many years in corporate. Right. You know, uh, Whether or not it's a film job or voiceover job or mm. a television job or a theater job or whatever. The same principles always help me, and that is one, be on time, two, treat people the way that you want to be treated yourself, mm -hmm. three, ask when you don't know, you know, and four, try not to let your ego get the better of you, you know, right. I think that is so important mm. because sometimes when you find yourself feeling anxious, more often than not, it is just you grappling with your ego. And I certainly, like everybody else, am a victim of that. Mm -hmm. you know? But then knowing it, then you just try to handle it and manage it and then take a deep breath and then go back in again, you know? Yeah. It's so important, right? That self-awareness. Did you always have that form of self-awareness or did it come with experience with doing so many, you know, different jobs and having all these different experiences? I think certainly being self-reflexive mm -hmm. is something that um, is a characteristic I've always had. Mm. Perhaps it is the... Um, the germ of why I have always enjoyed literature. I've uh, always enjoyed, you know, uh, practical criticism. I love to read. I love mm. to watch movies and I love art. I love theater. Basically all these things that frame life and help you to reflect upon your own life or help mm. you to reflect upon, you know, the human condition. Mm. And I think that this really is, something that is inbuilt and it probably is the thing that underlies why I enjoy acting so much because with every single character that you play or every single you know situation or story that you enter into as another person mm -hmm. you are looking at life from another lens mm -hmm. and I think that may be very scary for some other people but right. it's very exciting and it I love it. I love doing that, you know? Um, that is so fascinating. What is your... I know every actor probably has a different uh, acting process, but what is your process of putting yourself in these other shoes? You know, I mean, there must have been a time where you saw a character and you went to yourself, I can't relate to that. This is so not me. So how do you put yourself in these characters that, you know, might not be your experience? I think one... There usually is something about the character or about the um, situation that is drawing you towards going up for that particular role, okay? Right. But just because you're compelled towards the role doesn't necessarily mean that you will get the puzzle mm. of the role immediately, mm -hmm. okay? Right. However, and this seems to be a common characteristic in many, many actors, um, 
there is a masochistic streak in me. <laughs> Sometimes I really enjoy the struggle. Ah. Sometimes enjoy in inverted commas. Of mm. course, it keeps you up. Of course, yeah. you get you know sort of really into your head, and and you may feel sort of frustrated, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But there is something about the struggle that is very obsessive, and there is something about that obsession that I really like. You right. know, to have something to keep thinking about, to have right. a puzzle to keep mm -hmm. solving. Mm. And a lot of times, even when you are not totally uh, confident about that particular homework or mm. character that you're building, you just have to go to work anyway. You still have to step in front of the camera or yes. step onto the theater. And with every single project, it'll be different, mm -hmm. you know? And then you just have to deal with it. Too bad. I mean, that's just a job. Every day when you two go on air, you yeah. don't really know what's going to happen, right? True, true. But you still go on air. So there mm. must be something about that uncertainty yes. that is drawing you in. It's keeping your adrenaline up. Mm. It keeps you Hungry. on your toes. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. And it suits certain characters. Mm. That's a very good point too. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, and you know, like doing what we do, right? We get into the groove of it. We It becomes quote-unquote easy with time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like sometimes we, we need to find different things to try to challenge ourselves as well. Do you find that with acting though, because you're constantly going for different roles, uh, so that's sort of inbuilt in what you do already? Yeah. And, you know, I... I would say that I am not that hardworking in that <laughs> I look for massive challenges all the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not one of those sort of people that, let's say, torture myself, brewing <laughs> my characters home, you know, or, you know, all that sort of stuff. I'm not. I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I take it a step at a time. And I think that as I get older um, and having lived more of my real life, things just get less scary. So challenges don't seem as daunting mm. because I think sometimes whatever I've gone through in my real life has already been so challenging in real ways, involving real emotion or real hearts. Right. And, you know, that is one of the wonderful things about getting older because you've gone through so much mm -hmm. that you just don't feel as scared. You just don't feel as overwhelmed. You still right. feel overwhelmed sometimes, but not as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've been through the fire already, so what's a little bit more? It's like yeah. you know you can survive it in a way. That's right. You know, a lot of times I say to young people, uh. whatever. And yesterday, you know, there was one mm. of these young actors that I've worked with and she was just going through a bad day and she just, you know, texted me and in the end we had this text chat for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I just, at the end of it, I just told her, just try, but just know also that this isn't going to be the last bad day, you mm -hmm. know, that you're going to wake up to. Yes. And that may not make you feel good, mm -hmm. but it does actually give you a perspective mm -hmm. to know that this particular hard day 
can't be that hard because there are going to be many, many hard yeah, yeah. coming along, you know? Yeah. Is that what you tell yourself? Like, if, if you're ever in a funk or something or you're having a down day, what, what do you constantly tell yourself that this is not the be-all, end-all, is it? I think I do do that. You know, my way, how I was describing how I handle jet lag, mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. times also how I handle a bad day. Mm-hmm. I really try not to fight it. I mean, I'm a human being and, mm-hmm. you know, how irritating it must be to not have bad days. And so when it's a bad day or when it's a bad week, a lot of times you'll just see me um, being alone. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, clearing my mind, uh, watching a lot of Netflix. Um, you know, it. it's okay, you know. It's okay to kind of chill out and remove yourself from, you know, the hard work of having to solve all your problems. Sometimes you just got to let them sit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Because sometimes working against that will just put you in a worse place, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Almost, it's almost like the age-old advice of just sleep on it, you know? Yeah, just sleep on <laughs> it. Refresh yourself yeah. for the next day. Maybe you'll see yeah. it from a different angle, right? The next yeah, day yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I'm lucky in that I really enjoy my own company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that is one thing I try not to do. If I'm having a bad day, I won't force myself to inflict that bad day onto other people. I don't agree with that. I'd really rather just retreat, you know, and just have the bad day on my own, go to the supermarket, go for walks on my own, you know, it's okay. Nobody will really miss you for a couple of weeks. It's it's okay. (laughs) So this life, was it always the dream or was it something that just came along the way and you're like, oh, okay, I have these opportunities now. I'm going to go for them. I would say that um, I am a very organized A-type person, but <laughs> I, and I plan to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but there is something that is very consistent in me. I have general plans, but I literally react to opportunities more than I seek out opportunities. Okay? I see. So everything that I have done in my life, okay, so from, for example, um, getting my first corporate job, Mm -hmm. and then getting my second corporate job, and then discovering theatre, and then moving into television, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, going into producing. I wouldn't say that those were accidents, but I would say that I didn't work my way there. I'm Mm. not as logical in that way. However, I do know a good opportunity when I see one and I am very decisive about taking opportunities. And when I do take opportunities, I tend not to look back. Uh, I'll take it, Mm -hmm. scan it, (laughs) (laughs) basically go like, okay, yes, I want to do this and this is how I'm going to do it and then I will really do it. Uh, okay? I will really do it. And I'm 
and then my organization kicks in. So mm. for example, you know, when I was going to come back here and that was about maybe nearly a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that um, Kung Fu was going to start in Vancouver only around something like September the 19th or the 20th. Mm-hmm. Oh, quite and soon. Mom, yeah. yeah, that's quite soon. Yeah. So my mom would tell me, why are you coming back to LA so early? The yeah. United States has got very high infection rates, etc., mm-hmm. etc. And I'll tell her, don't worry, I will take all my precautions. Mm-hmm. I will self-quarantine myself here. I've got certain people that I can trust here, but I need the time to sort out how I'm going to close up this particular life so that there is closure within me Mm -hmm. so that when I enter into the next few months and it could be a few years, who knows? Because, you know, you don't know how successful um, uh, Kung Fu is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I will be ready mentally, you know, and certainly... It has become like that. So, <laughs> so you see my empty apartment, right? I mean, yes. I planned it all and tomorrow is my last day. And you know, so remember, I'm here on my own. I don't have anybody to help me. I can't just call, you know, hey, Jackie, can you come over and help me? How? <laughs> no, nobody, nobody. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no domestic helper to help me. I got to clean this place up. They're coming in to inspect it tomorrow to give me back my, you know, uh, my, my deposit. You know, mm. I have to make plans with the bank. You know, I have to sort out my visa. I have to do all of that on my own. And so I came back. And I sorted all of those things out and now I'm ready. And I wow. just have, you know, two things like two little pails of cleaning things <laughs> to break yeah. out and then I'm done. And then I'm, you know, and tomorrow's my last day and um, this apartment has been wonderful, but mm. it's time to go. I don't know why, but immediately I thought to myself, that seems like a very Margaret thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I'm not even a quarter, <laughs> not even a tenth as fussy as yeah, Margaret yeah. is. You know, <laughs> but my goodness, Margaret, Margaret has yeah. has risen from the grave recently. Well, yes, yeah. because mm-hmm. PCK is now on Netflix. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So oh, I think for yeah for a lot of us, it's been like this rediscovering of this classic, right? And I believe even Masters of the Sea, is it on Netflix as well? Um, I don't know. But I tell you, both those projects have a very, very special place mm. in my heart. And this, they, well, Masters of the Sea certainly is exemplary of how I am not affected at all by you know all the bad press that used to go with masters of the sea Mm. because if you came on set with us every day you would have seen a group of people doing something they've never done before because there was there wasn't any english language television in mediacorp at that time it was the very first one and my goodness we had a ball of a time we all got along so well it was so fun a lot of us didn't have camera acting training you know and yeah i got the role because somebody saw me in a stage production and invited me to come and audition and when i auditioned i didn't have any experience acting in front of the camera. It was so fun. And then with Kwa Chukang, you know, we, 
nobody had any experience doing live studio recording. Can you imagine? Mm. They don't even do that anymore yes, in media exactly. yeah, Live studio recording. What joy because it was a mix of the love I have for theatre mm -hmm. as well as my growing love for camera acting. And mm -hmm. it merged the two and it was wonderful. We you know, have gifts, we would give out prizes to the live audience. Oh, wow. oh, nice. you know, <laughs> I know it was such a fun time and it went on for 11 years of my life. It was, mm. it was really great, you know. Yeah. Does anybody mistakenly call you Margaret? All the time. <laughs> Even until today. Especially in Malaysia. In Malaysia, my name is Margaret. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. Malaysia, my name is Margaret. Because I don't know if you guys know, but in Malaysia, Puachu Kang is immensely yes. loved. Yes. Still and huge. Immensely popular. Mm. And until today, yeah. you know... Um, I would say more people recognize me as Margaret yeah. in Malaysia, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. in Singapore, <laughs> you see, because, yeah, and um, no, I think Margaret really opened up the door mm -hmm. to um, my entire career, my entire just sort of like, not just not just camera acting, but basically how people started to see me uh, as an actor in right. Singapore, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you respond when they call you Margaret? That's oh, <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, of, cool. of course. In, in Malaysia, I don't even tell them my real name. I'll go like, Margaret! I'll go like, yes. hi! <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, if you go back to, you know, that uh, young, fresh actor back in Masters of the Sea, right? Did you ever think that you would be in Hollywood years down the road? Of course not. Right. I mean, mm, Because it's one of those dreams. I mean, I remember back when, you know, like, Chin Han was like the one Singaporean that was showing up in Hollywood movies, right? And then yeah. now, of course, it's, it's quite different, mm. you know, especially with Netflix productions. Yeah. We start seeing, eh, like the... I think the first big one for me was Marco Polo. When I watched that show, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I recognize yeah. so many people. No, mm. and you know, so going back to what I said previously about, I don't go looking for these opportunities, but mm. I certainly do know when an opportunity is presented in front of me and I'm a quick decision maker in that mm. I have a knack of knowing yes, this is what I want to do. And once I make that decision, I jump into it. Mm -hmm. And certainly it was like that um, step by step with, with all the different um, projects that came my way. Mm -hmm. I never once said to myself, oh, in the next five years, I want to be in a Netflix production. No. <laughs> in fact, I didn't even know what Netflix was <laughs> Because when Marco Polo was being shot, right? Yeah. I mean, Netflix didn't really explode yet the way that it was just exploding yes you know yes. Marco Polo was I think at that time uh, the most expensive mm. um, original commissioned Netflix um, series that's right and you know it, it go from Marco Polo I, things have moved so fast Netflix mm. has really sort of like exploded you know mm. I I do believe in not having two distinct 
a dream. Because I think sometimes you close up your opportunities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's good to just keep your blinkers on and concentrate on what you're doing right now and doing it very very well. Yes, that's the best way because a lot of people I feel they are plotting too much. Mm. But when you plot too much, sometimes you're blind to some of the things that are actually really happening. Mm. So just yesterday, somebody asked me, why do you still um, entertain projects, uh, interviews, Mm. and opportunities from Singapore? And I said to this person, I will always do that. You know, I don't compare the two. I just see my work as one big whole. And I love Singapore and the stories that Mm. are being told there have a place in my heart and the people in the industry there have a place in my heart that nobody can replace. Mm. So, yeah. And something like Netflix, I realised, is such a leveller. You know, you always think, oh, Hollywood, 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 right? But... Increasingly so, these shows, not from Hollywood, from even countries like, you know, uh, let me take an example, Money Heist. It didn't oh, do very well. Finish. In, oh, fantastic. Yeah. And you right? know, it is so timely that you're saying this mm. because for the last three days, guess what I have been binging on? Uh, <laughs> money Heist? <laughs> not Money Heist oh, because money. too much violence. But uh, I've been binging on this Swedish uh, um, family drama mm-hmm. on Netflix called Bonus Family. And I love it, love it, you know. Um, it's from Sweden. Yeah. And I don't know why I turned it on. But one of the rules I have with myself, because I love to watch shows, right? Uh-huh. If the first episode doesn't grab me into the computer screen and want uh-huh. me to stay there, uh-huh. I will look for something else. Oh, right, right. okay. But when the first episode grabs me in, yeah. right? I'm there and I love to binge. <laughs> You're committed. You're committed. Yeah, all the way. I yeah. go all the way. Yeah, so I mean, to me anyway, it just signals that, hey, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge hit where it's from. Other countries can also gravitate towards the show, these experiences that might not be their experiences, but it's still very exciting. Like you brought the example of how PCK, even though it's not a Malaysian show, it's huge in Malaysia. In fact, you know, um, in the last two years here, I've made so many American friends. Mm. Mm. And of course, because of Crazy Rich Asians, Singapore has become such a popular word, you know, here (laughs) in United States. Yes. And um, everybody wants to know everything about Singapore, right? Mm. And so sometimes, so I've got a, quite a lot of followers now because of Crazy Rich Asians, um, mm. you know, on my Instagram. And they're from the, the amount of followers, the second largest amount of followers that I have on my Instagram is actually from, from the United States. The, oh. the most amount, of course, is from Singapore. But right. the, the second largest group is actually from the United States. Mm. And so many people on my Instagram, whenever I'm posting something about Singapore and they're from the United States, they want to know so much about it. So yeah. for example, I kept posting, reposting basically all the people that sent me stuff about Margaret and Portugal. Right. I went on to Netflix 
And I tried to find for to come because so many of my American friends said, "Hey, we want to watch this uh, new film that you were in," but they don't have it in the Netflix here. Oh, oh no. so uh, I guess it's only in Singapore. It's only in or maybe Asia. Singapore, but I think that um, it's only they go by regions. Region, you know? yes, yes. They go by regions, but here is a dream that I would really, really like. Mm. I would love to produce or to create one of these days before I die. So I better start working on it soon. <laughs> you know, um, a series that can about Singaporeans mm -hmm. that can be seen all over the world. Yeah, you know? yeah, That'd and not awesome. yeah. yeah, and make it really Singaporean, just like how this Swedish family drama is so Swedish. Whenever I see the food that they're eating, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's Swedish food. Yes. You know, and they, you know, they make it for their own people, but there are mm -hmm. universal themes and, oh God, I would, I would <laughs> love to do that. Right. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, actually. Yeah, right. Because PCK was like so true blue Singaporean, mm -hmm. it gives people an insight into what Singaporeans actually like. When I moved back to Singapore, right, people didn't in the States didn't know this place existed. They're like, yeah, yeah Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. What is China. Like, the is old it? joke. Is it in China? Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> so sad. Do you still get that question, by the way? Oh uh, no, you know, can I just tell you everything knows? You know, I think the media is so powerful here. Mm. Film is oh, yes. so powerful here. Yes. And, you know, uh, because of the great success of Crazy Rich Asians, mm -hmm. certainly it has helped put Singapore on the map mm. for a lot of people here in the United States. And in a way that is so much deeper than it used to be, you yeah. know, so I feel that people in the United States are ready for, you know, the next level of getting to know Singapore. Mm. Which see? is which is great. And that's the power of film, of art, right? Oh, yes. of, you know, oh, things yes. like that. Because, I mean, yes. I don't know if you remember, I think for a long time, Singapore used to be the uh, place with that banned chewing gum and cane that kid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> for, for so many it years. It still comes up. Yeah, it yeah. still comes up, you know, yeah. it still comes up, which is why it's interesting because being away from Singapore mm. now so much, I look back at my own country and certainly the four months that I was there because of COVID, mm. a lot of times I thought this thought that if we just relaxed a little bit mm. in terms of storytelling, in all the mediums, all the mediums, whether or not it's film or television, podcasts, um, music, you know, theater, certainly. Relaxed a little bit the storytelling with the immense amount of talent that we have in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Our writers, directors, actors, you know, our filmmakers. We are this close to coming up with several projects in the English language that could travel and be a success all over the world you know i mean take for example me i am by no means you know uh, uh the best actor in singapore i am one of so many you know i just feel that if i can get work here yes so can a lot of other people and especially storytellers mm. you know Telling the Singapore story, as opposed to me being a Singaporean here, but I tell 
a lot of the, you know, sort of Asian American stories. Right, and, right. Yeah, I, I want to be able to bring Singapore yeah. stories to a larger audience. Do you think it's because um, there weren't many examples before yourself, before Chin Han, of you know Singaporeans? That dream never existed. I think for a lot of us growing up, it was always be a doctor, be an engineer, <laughs> you know? And sort of like, if you want to be acting, oh, you can only make it in Singapore, maybe Malaysia. Sort of that mentality that has been around for such a long time. Certainly, the arts has always been the second cousin Maybe <laughs> even the fifth thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, cousin yeah. or the unknown black sheep of the family type yeah. cousin. Um, that again is something that for somebody who has been in the scene for such a long time, I've had the privilege of seeing our art makers and our art scene change over the years, you know. Um, step by step and and it doesn't change on its own everything is related to everything else mm -hmm. you know yeah. and that way of looking at how singapore um has uh progressed over the years i think always gives me a lot of hope it is very easy to keep picking out all the things that are not happening right now mm -hmm. but maybe because i'm older i have seen also so many things that have happened you know and and certainly i wouldn't be here today if those changes didn't happen you know if masters of the sea didn't happen if the first sitcom you know those first few sitcoms yeah. under english language sitcoms didn't happen if english language theatre didn't take off, you know, if we suddenly didn't build an audience of Singaporeans who kept forking out, you know, money to buy a ticket to come and watch your own people, your own stories. And wow, you know, I just feel that I wouldn't be here today, you know. So, so we have to keep on moving and we have to keep yeah. on going. And we, we, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just have to keep on going. I feel like with things like the internet and YouTube and Netflix, it's become that great leveler where you can put your work out there and you can, you know, do these projects without having somebody to tell you you can or cannot do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's become quite democratic, hasn't it? You know, yes, sometimes yes. Uh, to a fault, you know, mm -hmm. the whole online world, sometimes yeah. to a fault, of course. But yeah. then you always have a choice to move away from all the negative feelings that, you know, the online world is giving to you. Oh, you yes. don't have to open up your Facebook. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't. My, my Facebook account is managed by my um, Singapore agents, you know, ah. um, because it just got too whiny and it got too complainy and it got yeah. too angry. And I'm just not like that. But I love my Instagram, you know. Mm, it's, mm photos and people put cats and people put funny <laughs> things and yeah, yeah. Put, it makes me smile why do you want to open up something that just makes you irritated first thing in the morning you know yeah. don't do that <laughs> yeah, <that's exactly> <laughs> it should be feel good right yeah, yeah. yeah if you want to if yeah. you want to feel good mm. i do know that many other people do want to find like-minded angry people and yeah, yeah <laughs> i guess you're going to see them on facebook or twitter you know yeah. 
um, you you can't you know everybody yeah. has a choice, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your um, more recent work and appearances. You've made appearances in like Medical Police. Yeah. Okay, I, was su- I was surprised at this one. Grey's Anatomy. You were in an episode of yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because my wife is a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> we haven't reached the episode yet, I guess. Because is it one of the later, newer seasons? Yes, yes. I think oh, okay. it was season 16. Oh, wow. okay. Okay. So uh, definitely something I'm going to be like waiting and watching. <laughs> Which is the episode? Which is the episode now? <laughs> Um, Magnum PI and okay, yeah. the the reason you're moving to Vancouver is for your role in Kung Fu, the reboot of Kung Fu, right? right. I think yes, a lot of us remember that because they used to show that on Channel Five, the original yeah. one starring David Carradine yes. back in the seventies, right? My yeah. dad used to make me sit down and watch that <laughs> with him, and as a result, I got glued to it. I enjoyed the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so funny, but you know. Yeah. The 1970s version of Kung Fu um, was seemingly very well received outside of America, but now people look at that read yeah. at that 1970s you know series and they think it, people here in the West they think it's so politically incorrect. Oh yes, so, it's a <laughs> uh, cultural appropriation, I guess, would be the term because we had yeah. uh, essentially an Ang Mo guy playing yeah. a Kung Fu. Master yes, or yes. something like that, right? Yeah, but you know, I thoroughly, I loved it. I had <laughs> such a major crush on David Carradine. <laughs> you know, it was funny because when I got the role and I was talking to the creator of um, uh, Kung Fu, I was telling them hey, of this current reboot. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I was uh-huh. just telling them, do you know I was such a fan? My father was such a fan. I can sing the theme song. <laughs> What? So weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm that age, you see. Right, right, you know, yeah. I'm that age. I remember the theme song. It was so memorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're so in love with it. <laughs> like so dreamy. <laughs> so weird, you know. I posted about it because my father, you know, whom I loved with all my heart, he's passed away now for many years already. But um. Magnum PI and Kung Fu, the original mm. ones, yes. okay, yes. were like two of his favorite TV serials. Mm. And so the other day, I posted something, set, sending it out into the universe, and I just basically said, you know, Papa, I am in the reboot. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I can tell you, he he. He will be. He'll be ready with his video recorder <laughs> <laughs> to record the episodes. Yeah. Yes. To video record me. Uh, That's what he used to do all the time. He would video record onto VHS. Yes. Every yes. single wow. episode of Masters of the Sea, Puat Chukang, everything oh. he would. Yeah. <laughs> That's a proud dad right there. Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. But Kung Fu is yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, what do you know, what can you tell us about this new reboot of Kung mm. Fu? Oh, there's been loads of articles and deadlines. Mm. So, okay, so why it's so exciting is because the companies that are behind it are really well-respected and, mm. you know, they really know what they're doing. Mm. So let me just give you a, a roundup. First of all, it's um, uh, produced by Warner Media, mm. you know, Warner yeah. No need to say anything else. And they, yeah. And then um, the CW, 
-hmm. is um, the channel that is going to be on. And so the CW, of course, is very well known for very successful young adult series like Sabrina and Arrow and, um, well, so many, you know. Uh, Riverdale is on the CW, I believe. Riverdale. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. Very close to the same town that is Riverdale. Oh, <laughs> nice, know. nice. Um, so that's, so we're going to be on CW. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the producers are Berlanti. And so they do Sabrina. They mm-hmm. do Riverdale, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, the creator of this reboot, Christina Kim, um, and and the person that uh, is leading the entire project, and she came from Lost, you know, mm. she did Blind Spot, and she's just really, honestly, one of the most calm and wonderful people, you know, to work with. Right. Um, I I feel very exhilarated because this process of being on the main cast, as opposed to, let's say, a guest starring, like, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, Grey's Anatomy, where you go in to a well-oiled machinery, we are building a brand mm. product. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so we are privy to a process that I have never seen before. And at that scale, mm-hmm. because when, when you've got Riverdale, yeah, like, like the same people who done Riverdale, yeah. right? And you yeah. know how success, successful that is. Yeah. You're coming into a system that is so mature, mm. and and they they you know they have a type of way of working mm-hmm. which I just find so eye opening, and mm. uh, I'm just so thankful, you know for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I kept telling, you know, my mom, who was very worried about me coming back here. I just told her, I know the worry. I just have to do this mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Of course, yes. it's hard to mm-hmm. be away mm-hmm. and to worry about people in this very strange time that we're in. Yes. You know, um, I'm just lucky that everybody that I love is healthy and that I am healthy right now. But all of that could change at any time. But I just need to see this particular project through. Mm. You know, that's kind of how I feel. Right. Yeah. And and as far as an opportunity goes, it's a huge opportunity on a huge network as well. Um, When you talk about, you know, doing like a Hollywood type show or you know be it this one the kung fu or grace anatomy and stuff like that how would you compare that to what you do or what you did in singapore in terms of you know the whole production setup is it more of a mindset difference or is it like because you know in hollywood they have all that experience right or is it an experience thing or is it a combination of both i think it's a combination of everything that you've just said Mm. but i've answered this question several times before Mm -hmm. and and this is what i really feel Mm -hmm. one of the biggest differences is that with a lot of competition here at that scale the way in which you need 
to make sure that this project is worth being accepted as a pilot, okay, mm -hmm. launched into this, into this sphere. Yeah. Um, really makes uh, for a way of working that is specialized. Uh. Well, you've got experts and people in charge of so many different duties. Whereas in Singapore with, with you know, a smaller industry and a smaller market, mm. smaller budgets, um, you might get one person having to do quite a few things. But what happens there is that the amount of time and consideration that you give to doing a few, you know, so many mm. things yeah. might not be enough to give it the attention to detail. Whereas like here, yeah. oh, wow, you know, they really are specialized. So right. by the time you step on set, my goodness, my costume person has got like three rolls of clothes. <laughs> First of all, they have never seen me before, but every single thing fits. I don't know. Right. Wow. And, you know, and it's like three rolls uh, just to choose one outfit right. because they will then have to take like 20 over photographs and 20 over outfits and then send it over to the big bosses and then the big bosses will choose one, mm -hmm. you know. But you see, but because this was, let's say, for Magnum PI, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's because one episode of Magnum PI goes all over the world. Yeah. And you yeah. can't afford... To make a mistake, mm -hmm. you know, similarly for, let's say, Kung Fu, because we're coming up with this brand new project and, you know, we are working to try and make it as successful as it can be, mm -hmm. you see. So that's one thing, the specialization. Secondly, I think the way in which people treat and respect actors is something that I hope Singapore will um, catch up with mm -hmm. soon. They respect that we need the script early so oh. that we can think about our roles. Yes. You know, that we need time to get to know our co-actors so that we develop a genuine sort of chemistry with them mm -hmm. that when we arrive on set you know um we need time to sort our minds you know yeah yeah down and calm ourselves down you know and and i think that all these things are already happening in singapore mm -hmm. um, they can happen more for sure and they can happen in a deeper way. Uh, but certainly, I already feel it happening in Singapore. It's just that our market is quite small at the moment, which is yeah. why I say we are this close to getting an international project. Ah. And once that international project is successful, yes. then, you know, all the stakes are raised and, mm -hmm. and then, you know, yeah. we can really start, you know, really going for it, you know. Yeah, we just need that one example to open the floodgates, right, right. for everybody. Yes. yes. Like imagine, imagine an, a Netflix commissioned Singapore series. 
That's well, like I mean, <laughs> or what? You know what? There was one reality show. I don't know if we should uh, bring up. Oh yeah, but, you know. uh, Singapore Social. Did you oh, catch that? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I, well, I've seen a couple of episodes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, hey, you know, not my cup of tea, but yeah. but I, mean, I heard, yeah, not my cup of tea, but hey, you know. You can see what they were trying to go for. I feel like if you are into that sort of a TV show, it, you know, I, I know a lot of people um, had things to say about it, right? Uh-uh. I, I try to watch it as objectively as possible. And if you enjoy things like the Kardashians or, you know, Real Housewives, I'm like, okay, it's definitely modeled towards shows like that. Yeah. It's so, acquired taste, I think. It is, it is. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that um, we can't be objective, guys, because we're Singaporeans. True, And true, we're watching, true. you know, yeah, yeah. an impression of Singaporeans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even try to be objective. It's just whether you want to or whether mm. you don't want to. But I also think that, you know, the palette, the buffet of shows are very, very wide. Mm. You know, I mean, so many different types of shows. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Correct. You know? Uh-huh. It's as easy yeah. as that. Don't like it, don't watch it. But I can tell you that despite the, the fact that, you know, it got a lot of flack, I can also say that making it, I'm sure, is also quite hard from a pure production point of view. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, shooting and editing and, and yeah. choosing the people and, you know, making it like, you know, for its audience to watch mm. and so you know you hey i'm like well, not be my cup of tea but i do want people to continue to keep trying to do things you know yeah maybe what we need is like a billionaire to decide okay i want to tell the singapore story and make this huge big budget thing where you know you can hire all these very specialized people and then have it you know blasted out to the world via netflix or something like that you know i feel like is that a possibility is that something that could happen you know, I think extra money is always good. <laughs> I think I go back to the rigor of um, having a good story, mm-hmm. having good writers, mm-hmm. having good directors, a good team, good actors. Yeah. Because once you have that, you know, I think it can be done. I mean, if tinier countries can do it, True. You yes. Know, yes. Then why can't Singapore? You know, we <laughs> are already so advanced in so many different ways. You know, mm. we just need to learn how to tell honest stories. Um, yeah. Well, that's the formula. <laughs> yeah. As someone who has all this experience, who's doing it right now in Hollywood, what would you say to? somebody who's just starting out, who has these dreams, you know, or has a passion for telling stories, for acting, what would be your uh, words of advice? Um, I would say, um, I think it's important to do, Mm. okay, to do. So rather than to keep thinking about it, rather than to keep hoping for it, or rather than to uh, save yourself for something to happen in, you know, in the future, yeah. 
I am of the ilk that you should just do and try to be humble and get out there and put yourself in the front line. Mm. So, so for example, I got a full-time job um, because that's what people do to be responsible to, mm. to, to adult. Okay. Yes. But I, yeah, but I was interested in doing some acting. Mm-hmm. And so the first job that I had was through my cousin, Ivan Heng, who runs Wild Rice. And it was just for the university. Mm. But yeah, so it's just for the university. Don't think about the profile of it. Just, just do it because you were curious. Yes. And then if you just keep having that attitude from one project to another to another, and then like I was saying, you know, put your blinkers on, work hard at the thing that is right in front of you. But first of all, you gotta, you gotta at least have that one thing in front of you, right? Rather than to just keep thinking about it. Yes. Step into it, work hard, and try to learn as much as you can, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I feel that there are still so many opportunities for young people in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And I am the mother of a young person. Yes. You know, yeah. So um, I'm I'm very glad that she does that. Mm-hmm. You know, she really does try to just jump into everything that she's interested in wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Which, that's the way to be. You know. Would you say opportunity breeds more opportunity? Yes. No opportunities that are handled well. Mm-hmm. breeds more opportunities, breeds more. So, you know, uh, when, you're, when you show somebody that you're good at something, things will keep happening and happening mm-hmm. and happening and happening. If you have bad habits, it will breed more bad habits, more right. bad habits, more bad habits, more bad habits. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So if a, if a billionaire, like what you're saying, uh-huh. you know, gave me a billion dollars, but I'm a lousy writer, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never gonna learn how to be a good writer. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would. But it's better for me to not have a billion dollars and just mm. make sure I'm a good writer and then get the billion dollars. And yeah. Then, yes. Well, we're <laughs> there. That's right. how it should work. Yes. Right. <laughs> so we're putting it out there in the universe right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Billion dollars <laughs> for uh, King Hua to do a huge project to bring Singapore yes, to the yeah. limelight. Yeah. That's why. Yes, I don't need a billion dollars, okay? Oh. I don't need a billion dollars. You know, just just a nice amount would be good, you know? <laughs> um, uh, one more question before we let you go. And thank you so Sorry. much for your time thus yeah. far. What, what inspires you? What gets you going? I am very inspired by my life. The life that I lead every single day. And all my... The people who are closest to me know this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learn by living my life. The stories, I've produced so many television series back home uh, or original projects for the theatre back home. And all those original projects are always 
inspired by real things that I'm feeling and real people that I know and real things that happen to me. Mm. And this is something that I cannot control. I'm just like that. And I think I've always been like that ever since I was young, you know, Um, which is why my job is the perfect job for me because it allows me to be this way where everything that I see, the people that I see, the stories that I hear or the things that I'm going through, whether or not they're very difficult or whether or not they're really, really great, always finds an outlet in my work somehow. So there is this feng shui, you know, (laughs) right? My real life into my bluff life, (laughs) life into my, do you know? And and it's not that sort of Taylor Swift thing where uh-huh. I take the name of a real person and then I <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it, it is a lot more impressionistic. Mm. You know, I have gone through motherhood. And then when I played a role of a mother, for example, in Kung Fu, I know some of, I know how to channel some of the feelings, you know, or mm-hmm. that, that I have felt etc 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 so i very often feel this feng shui Mm. you know which is which is why i believe in following your feng shui Mm. when you feel an energy and if that energy is right you have to take it and go with it you know um and i've always lived my life this way even if the energy may not have brought you somewhere good you still learn from it you know yeah you still learn something out of a bad situation yeah you know so mm. There you go. <laughs> Kingwa, thank you so much once again, man. This has been Yeah, this has been such a learning experience for us. Yeah. You know, just to hear you share your experiences and all that. And we certainly wish you all the best in all your upcoming projects as well. Thank it was you. so surreal talking to you, by the way. Personally, yeah. I just have to say. I mean, seeing you on the screen and now we're actually having a, a conversation with you is like <laughs> fangirl moment. <laughs> and you know, and 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 I just want to pay it back by saying that. I have been very homesick and just talking to the both of you, you know, this last, you know how many minutes we've been on yeah. um, has helped a lot also. No matter how kakinang, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, it just makes you breathe a little better. So thank you very much, guys. We miss you lah. We miss you. We miss you. <laughs> There you have it, Tan King Hua, aka Margaret, aka just the nicest person. Can we talk to her again? <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't mind. All right. And thank you for joining us here on the show. As always, hey, uh, do us a favor, hit that subscribe or follow button if you haven't already on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you know, stuff like that. You know what to do. Leave us a five-star review and all that great yes, stuff please. too. It'll really, really help us out. So till we see you next time, hey, stay safe and be merry. But I'm Mr. Young. I can never be merry. <laughs> and you're Jackie, so I... Ay-ya. Oh, for the love.